If you're tuning into this show, you're in good hands and there's already a desire in you to want to be doing something more, to want to be doing something more fulfilling and better. And I just want to remind you, it's 2016, it's a new year, it's a new season in your life. And all I want to tell you is this, that you matter, that your work matters, your life matters, and the world is a better place when you are at your best. And my hope and my goal and my prayer is that the world would truly see the fullness of who you are, wherever it is that you're at, wherever you're tuning in from, because you are valuable to the world. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. It's exciting today to be joined by Jody Mayberry. Hey, Jody. How you doing? Back again, Jared, just like that. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. I want the, the record to reflect that. And, uh, you know, it's not just you and me that are back again. Uh, we have someone who is no stranger to Star of the Doubts who is rejoining us today, Mike Kim. He is a strategist. He helps entrepreneurs clarify and market their message. And for people that don't know about Mike, they can learn more about him by checking out his website, MikeKim.com. Mike, welcome back. Dude, it is so good to be here. I, I don't know what I did to deserve an invite back, but I'm just thankful I'm here. <laughs> well, I, I am glad that you're here. And I think uh, we've had some cool conversations off the record and on uh, not on podcast over the last couple of years. And so it's nice to have all three of us together. Yeah, it's amazing. You two have become great friends of mine. And you know, it's funny, we never would have become friends had it not been for this amazing thing called the internet and for podcasting and for blogging. And it's just awesome. I, I think since the last time I was on the show, Jared, I'm a very, not a different person, but in a very different place than I was. And again, a lot of that, so much of it is due to podcasting and what we were all doing online. And it's just amazing to be able to be here with you guys. Well, I, I can say, you know, I've got a lot, a lot of good friends I've made through podcasting, so on and so forth. But I haven't seen the exponential growth in as many people as you, Mike. Like you, you're just like one of the people that I'm super excited for. And of course, uh, Jody's had some great wins. I've had some great wins. But man, it seems like you've uh, you're on warp speed, man. So we'll, we'll talk about some, some of that. I, I think. So uh, how about Jody? Why don't you kick us off with finish this sentence? I'll start finish the sentence, but I, I want to touch on what Mike said, that it's really an interesting time we live in, that Jared's in Florida, Mike's in New Jersey, I'm in Washington State, and we're all buddies. That wouldn't have happened 20 years ago. Yeah, and Kamanzi, had he been on the call, he would have been in Maui, so we would have had like all the corners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, he wasn't able to make it, but hey, that's okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's get rocking. Okay, Mike, finish this sentence. The best reward for finishing an evergreen funnel is pancakes. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. It would be funnel cake. Oh, but, my. Well and I, I got that from John Meese at johnmeese.me. I've gotten to know John a little bit, just like the way we've gotten to know each other, just through online interaction. But um, yeah, I finished an evergreen autoresponder funnel the other day, and I'm like, wow, it's 1.30 in the morning. I think I'm going to go eat pancakes. <laughs> I went to a diner. And ate by myself at 1.30 in the morning. My wife was asleep. She doesn't know till this day until she tunes into this episode. And then I'm going to get in trouble. But yeah, I was like, I deserve something. I'm going to go with pancakes. <laughs> well, well, anybody that's paying attention to your Twitter and your social media and stuff, they know you're kind of getting back into P90X. So you probably have earned those pancakes. Or undone everything I did with the workouts. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something to be said for that, too. That's, that's probably a, a goal in and of itself. Uh, Mike, I know last year was an explosive year for you. It was just an exciting time and, and some transition. 
and a lot of cool things that you've learned and some cool wins. So I'm curious, what is the biggest lesson that you learned in 2015? The biggest? Oh, man. Wow. To try to distill, I would honestly say the biggest lesson I learned was about myself, that I was indeed a courageous person. And that sounds a little weird. You, you know, you might think, well, what about business tactics or strategies or whatever? But, you know, last year, Jerry, I, that was the year that I left my full-time job, like full-time. I completely made the leap and went out on my own. I'm completely on my own now, running my own personal brand-based business, a mix of online business and offline consulting. And dude, it was pretty crazy. It was terrifying. I was thankful for shows like this one where I had to really actually literally starve the doubts that I had. And I think I the framework that helped me the most was understanding you know, there are four levels of someone that is entrepreneurial. And the first is obviously commitment. And we're committed to making a difference, right? But the second thing is courage. And usually we think, well, we need confidence and competence before that. But I've realized that courage comes before all of that. And I literally wrote a list of things on a yellow legal pad. It's actually sitting on my desk right now of times in my life that I was courageous because I'd never thought about myself as a courageous person. And I recounted things that I did when I was growing up, bullies that I faced at school, things that were happening that weren't so great at home where I had to stand up for family members and stuff like that. And then business decisions and life decisions. And I think that's really the biggest thing. Courage comes before the confidence and even like the competence, the, the skill that you feel you need to venture out there. I think it was courage. Long answer, but honest one. <laughs> well, and a good answer too. And you look at 2015 and you say you learned that you were courageous. So now you've got a new year ahead of you. What are you most looking forward to in 2016? I think just helping other people do the same thing. You know, I honestly feel that the world is a better place when as many people as possible are doing what is fulfilling to them and what is the epitome of their collective skill and ex experience. Does that make sense? Like, you know, the world loses out when great, talented, brilliant people are stuck doing something where they are not allowed to use their greatness or their talent or their skill. And that's really what I'm after. Just, I just want to help people do that. Mike, I'm curious... With the upcoming year, there's going to be some events and conferences. What conferences are you considering attending in 2016? Oh, boy. Here we go. Okay. I got a ton. First, I am attending Podcast Movement, which I think someone on this call is somewhat affiliated with. <laughs> yeah, Jody spoke there last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, so did I. And um, oh, yes. Jared, I think I've seen your picture on that event site somewhere. No, I'm going to podcast movement. I'm going for sure. Chicago, guys, join us. Gals, join us. Podcastmovement.com. It's going to be amazing. And uh, I'm going to that one. I'm also considering... I'm going to invest a lot in myself this year in terms of just uh, growing my skill set. So I'm also planning to attend SCORE Conference, which is a conference for public speakers and honing your message and honing the craft of public speaking. And that'll take place in Orlando. And I'm actually, working backwards, going to a conference with Jody in Nashville. We're going to a Dan Miller event. And uh, Jared, believe this... Believe it or not, I'm going to be spending like six straight days with Jody. <laughs> <laughs> Some people would consider that a, you know, you don't need a conference if you're spending six days with Jody. We'll either be really, <laughs> really even better friends than we are now or the worst of enemies. 
<laughs> well, yeah, one or the other for sure. Well, I mean, we're, you know, we're staying together too. I mean, we're like splitting the hotel room. Now we got a suite, so we have our own separate bedrooms and stuff, but yes, yes. literally we are going to be seeing each other nearly every minute of the day for six days straight, but it's going to be an amazing time. I know because Jody's an amazing guy and uh, he set up some really cool stuff for us to do while we're down there in Music City. So I'm pumped. So those three well, events. I, I yeah. love, yeah, I love Dan Miller, and any chance you get the opportunity to hang out with Dan Miller is is definitely a good thing. And then you know to share that experience with Jody, I feel like that is the true VIP opportunity. It, it is. It <laughs> <So>. is. <laughs> well, Mike, you listed off these conferences you're going to. How do you determine if a conference is worth the investment and time and expense to attend? Oh, that's a good question. All right, so I'm pretty opinionated about this stuff. Are you guys ready? Yeah. I only go to a conference if, number one, there's a networking opportunity with one or two particular people that I feel will be very beneficial to me. Or I go to a conference it's going to, if it's going to lead to a development of a skill that will directly earn me income within the next 60 days. So let me talk about the first one. The first example would be like this event that I'm going to with Jody. Jody's going. I love spending time with Jody. So that's a win. He's going to introduce me to Dan Miller. I don't know Dan. I've never met him. A couple of guys that work with Dan that I also know will be at the event. And Nashville basically houses about 82% of all online entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> so Jody is friends with a lot of these guys. And he's like, hey, why don't we meet up with a lot of these folks there? So that's a win. And you know, it's that almost outweighs the content that I'm going to learn from the conference. That's no slam on Dan or his content. I'm sure I'm going to learn valuable things. But you know, the main draw was the fact that we were going to just be able to connect with a lot of people that we might be able to partner up with a little bit later. Another example, example number two, a skill that will translate into something that will maybe earn me income. I've gone to copywriting conferences before where I didn't know a soul. I didn't know one single person at these kind of copywriting conferences or, you know, this public speaking conference that I'm going to. I know some of the folks that are putting on the event, but for all intents and purposes, I don't know anyone else that is attending. But I know that this year, I want to make public speaking a big part of my business. And I'm like, if I can go and learn from some of the best in the business on how to hone my craft, then I may be able to land a couple of speaking gigs right after that and just start pitching myself. And, you know, Kimanzi's not on this call, but he's one of the guys that has helped me really develop that part of my business to become a speaker, to really solicit speaking invitations and opportunities. And Jared, here's the good news. If I'm at Podcast Movement and I get to speak, I'm not putting any pressure at you at all. Uh, <laughs> podcast Movement will happen after I'm at that public speaking conference at SCORE. So I might be even that much better. So, you know, that's just my rationale. I don't just, you know, guys, we've all been to these events and they're a lot of money, but I don't just haphazardly throw an investment into that. It's, it's two, three thousand $3,000 sometimes after the ticket and the hotel and the airfare and the food. And um, if you're going to invest in something like that, You've got to have some goals on what you want your returns to be. That's good. And Mike, I just opened a, a fortune cookie and it says Mike Kim will speak at Podcast Movement what? in bed. So I, I I don't know what the in bed part is. Oh, means, in but, bed. Uh, dude, dude, I've done that so many times. <laughs> you can't even, you don't even understand. I visualized myself. What will I say at Podcast Movement, you know, at two in the morning? Standing on your bed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> under the covers. Yeah. I'm going to just live stream it from there. <laughs> I don't do a lot of the Facebook live streams, but if, if you happen to do one of those, that might catch my interest. So, All right. There Although, you go. Uh, yeah, I probably shouldn't have admitted that on a <laughs> podcast. All right, here we go. 
<laughs> you're a member, uh, both a member and a leader of a mastermind group. So if you would be willing, uh, let's talk a little bit about the value of being involved in a mastermind group. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I joined a mastermind group. It's a paid mastermind group about a year ago. It's led by Ray Edwards, who I know you've had on the show before, too. We all like Ray. Uh, Ray's a great guy. And I joined Ray's mastermind just for access to Ray because I couldn't afford his coaching and his consulting fees. So I was like, maybe the mastermind is the next best, best thing. And if I get to meet a couple of cool people in the group, that's gravy. And what has happened is that they have walked with me through life for the past year, Jared. So through all these transitions that guys we've been talking about, me leaving my day job, me venturing out into my own entrepreneurial pursuits. They've been with me every step of the way and we, we meet nearly every week. It's not like a once a month or once a quarter mastermind meeting. We meet every single week. So the traction and the relationships have grown at a much more accelerated pace than I think most typical masterminds do because of the frequency that we meet. And I'm not exactly sure of this, but I'm pretty sure I'm the youngest guy in the group. And for me, and I've told Ray this, I feel like the best example I can use is, you know, I don't know if you guys know anything about elephants, but when uh, a young elephant is born, what the older elephants do when they're stampeding down or walking around somewhere, they put the young elephant in the middle and they surround the younger elephant so it doesn't get, you know, attacked by lions or Mufasa from the Lion King or (laughs) these other guys. And the folks in this mastermind are so brilliant. They're so accomplished. There's doctors, real estate moguls, public speakers, professional consultants, credit union strategists, and then, of course, Ray. And I just feel like I'm a young elephant kind of running with the pack with these guys. It's an amazing, amazing thing. So uh, that has done so much in terms of connecting me with other business opportunities, connecting me with people that I can walk with. So that has been just invaluable to me in being part of that mastermind. And then a few months ago, I launched my own mastermind to try to do the same thing for others. Now, Mike, two things. First, the sound bite of you saying, I'm a young elephant is just priceless. <laughs> <laughs> and second, that's kind of like a park ranger story you just told. I appreciate that. You well, know, park, a park ranger would turn towards nature elephants, the forest to tell a story. So, Oh, yes. Yes. Good one. Well, you talk about the value of a mastermind. If I hear this and I say, okay, this is something maybe I need to be involved in. How can someone find a mastermind group to get involved with? Well, the way that I did it was I just happened to be paying attention to a couple of people that I really admired online. And, you know, the menu is infinite on the, of the people that you can follow online and the people that you can learn from. And, in the same way, guys, that I've been both drawn to you guys and what you're doing, people have been drawn to me. And and that's just how I filter. There's just too many opportunities out there. So I just I just try to find someone that not only teaches stuff that I find valuable, but who is living a life and conducting business in a way that I admire. Does that make sense? There are other guys that are out there that, you know, other guys and girls that are out there that will do business a certain way and their personality really shines through. And that works for them but it might not completely jive with me. So I just, honestly, I just try to find people that I like. And if I find out that they're offering a mastermind group, I kind of ask around and see what they've got to offer. That's really how I started my own group. I just shared that I had an idea to start a mastermind group on my podcast. And after a couple of weeks, people started sending in some applications, quote unquote. Hey, I'm interested. Can we talk? And I did it all like the old school way, guys. You know, I didn't just email back and forth. I'm like, 
hey, just fill out some information. If you seem interested and you want to talk, I'll gladly talk to you. So they sent in some information. I'm like, this person sounds like he or she would be a good fit. And I would call them back and we would talk for 30, 45 minutes and they would say yes or no. And that's how I started my mastermind. It wasn't really a complex thing. So it's the same way that people found me was probably they were just paying attention to what I was doing and, you know, listen to my podcast. Mike, soon you're going to launch the Pivot course and we're going to talk about that. Prior to us getting into the course, I want to talk about just what is Pivot? What does that mean? Well, I define a pivot as a transition in your life, either in your career, maybe within a business, businesses that go through rebranding. But a pivot is a very, I hate to use the same word, pivotal time, uh, <laughs> where it's really sensitive. You know, if you think about a pivot in a physical sense, right? Like I grew up playing basketball, I played for my high school. And, you know, basketball is full of pivots in a physical sense. And when you're pivoting, you're planting one foot down and you're establishing that as kind of the fulcrum by which you swing the rest of your body into another direction. And it's a very sensitive move. If you don't do it right, you get called for a travel, right? If you don't do it right, you're going to twist an ankle. And in life, life is full of pivots. You know, they, they say that what, like 97% of the stats on the internet are made up. But I heard this one stat that was awesome. It said something like, if you're in your 30s right now, chances are you're going to have 15 different jobs by the time you retire. Now, I don't know if that's really backed by the most scientific sociological economic data. But to me, it sounds good because I look back on my life. I'm 37. I've had probably 12 jobs already, you know, tracing back to after I graduated high school. And so life is not a linear progression. It's a, it's a series of zigzags. It's a series of pivots. And I think that once you're an adult, it is very difficult. We're not trained on how to handle these transitions. You lose a job, you get fired, you quit a job because you hate it, a tragedy happens, and you've got to adapt and you've got to pivot through. So uh, what I mean by particularly a career pivot is if someone who is working in a day job, corporate America, in the nonprofit space and ministry, but they don't feel fulfilled, they don't feel like they're either making enough money or even deeper than that, they don't feel like they're really, really living a fulfilled life and they are searching for something different. That transition can be very sensitive because guys, we all know, like we've all been through this. You tell your wife, your husband, your spouse, your kids, whatnot, hey, uh, I'm going to quit my job so that I can can have a more fulfilling career. <laughs> and, and everyone's like, uh, what are we going to do about food? How are we going to make the money? Well, I haven't figured that out yet. I'm just going to kind of pull the plug and we'll just see what happens. You can't do that. It's a very sensitive time. And for a lot of folks, it's sort of like going around a turn they'd never been before. And I'm just there to help guide them. Mike, I know you've actually done a couple of big pivots that I can think of. People may not know this about you, but you were in music for a long time. You've got a few CDs out there on iTunes and Spotify. So <laughs> you left that to go into the corporate world, there's one pivot, and then you left the corporate world to do what you're doing now. What are some of the biggest challenges about leaving the corporate world or leaving a steady job and launching out on your own? Uh, I think one of the biggest challenges is probably just having steady income and how to. what are the criteria by which you say it's time to make the leap? So what my wife and I did, we talked this through. And the first thing that we did was we set out income goals. And we just identified our income level in you know four different ways. And I got this from a friend. He helped me articulate it. His name's AJ Slavinsky. He's a brilliant business mind. And guess what, guys? He's a part of the mastermind group that I'm in, right? Isn't that cool? 
And so I learned this from AJ and he kind of denotes this with an acronym. And that acronym is SMUG, S-M-U-G. Now, this is not talking about being arrogant or anything like that. But in this, he talks about like four income levels. So the S is survival. How much money do you need to make per month just to get by where you have barely enough to get by? So you write down that number. The M stands for middle class. What is a middle class income for where you live in the country? I live in New Jersey. It's really expensive to live here, but this is home. I grew up most of my life in New Jersey. So did my wife. So this is just home for us. And a middle class income here in New Jersey, probably somewhere between the range of $5,000 to $10,000 a month that you've got to make gross. That's not even net, right? So gross. And the U stands for upper class income, where you might not be so fixated on budgets. You can kind of take trips when you want and not have to worry too much about you know, how much you're spending. It doesn't mean that you're just like splurging all the time, but you're not fixated on budgets. And then the G <laughs> stands for gaudy, like a gaudy amount of income, anything that's in excess of upper class. So all we did was just write down numbers for those four levels of income. And then my wife and I decided, what do we need to equal the SMUG for me to be able to leave my day job. And we agreed on the middle class income. She said, if you can replicate or exceed our middle class income for three months straight with your side job, get this guys. Then she said, we can talk about you leaving. It wasn't even like you can leave. (laughs) We can talk about it. So, But again, we had clear cut criteria. You see what I mean? And we, we had an agreement and she and I agreed and I knew exactly what goals that I had to hit. And I was pretty goal-driven and oriented because of my day job you know, as a marketer. So we had a launching pad to jump off of. We knew what numbers we needed to hit. And guys, I'll tell you what, there were seasons where I hit two months in a row. I was like, yes, I'm one month away from us being able to realistically look at this. In the third month, I would just die. I, I just had no income coming in. I remember that specifically happened not this past year, but the year before in December. And it was right around the holidays where people aren't spending money. Businesses are not con- you know, contracting consultants like me. And I was like, oh my goodness, can you imagine what our life and our marriage would look like right now if I had two good months of income in the third month, I had $0 coming in? It would just be horrific. So I had to make some course corrections, really. I had to think about how I was going to generate income in a different way. And obviously, now that where we are now, I was able to do that within the last year since that time. So those are some of the criteria, Jody, just to answer that question, like having a roadmap in place. Mike, we mentioned the pivot course. So let's talk about that. What is the pivot course and what's going on with that? Yeah. So the pivot course is basically a system, a process where I work with individuals that want to make this career pivot, particularly into running their own personal brand business. It doesn't have to be primarily an online business, but they just want to leave their corporate job. And usually, and I'm not excluding anybody, but most of my paid clients, people that have contracted me, they're usually pretty successful in their corporate job. And it doesn't mean that you have to be making six figures or you have to have some C suite title or anything like that. But they've done a good job where they're at. And they're typically you know, married, have families, have young kids, or even a little bit older kids. And they know that they're good at what they do. They're just not finding it fulfilling anymore. They're sick of the commute. They're sick of the meetings. 
and they really want to find fulfillment. You know, that's what we're all really after. We want to be full because we're our days are filled with doing things that are rewarding. So it's specifically for people that need to navigate kind of these sensitive issues like, well, what do we do with our monthly income? And what do I do about the skills that I need to develop to land clients? Or what do I do about finding the right kind of career path for my own personal brand-based business? So I've coached people that have left a corporate job and gone into real estate and they want to know how to market themselves there. I've coached people who have become coaches or consultants or freelancers, copywriters, web designers, speakers. So it's really taking people who have this just huge skill set and a huge treasure trove of experiences that they've had in the corporate world and helping them kind of channel that and find that common thread in order to launch out on their own and to gain clients and to really spend the majority of their days doing what they want want to be doing. All right, Mike, as we wrap up, what is the best place for listeners to connect with you online? Well, the best place in regards to what we're talking about today is to go to thepivotcourse.com. T-H-E is in front of it, thepivotcourse.com. And what you'll get there is a simple five, you know, four or five page PDF. It's not really that long. It's just five pages because of the cover. <laughs> but it basically gives you a roadmap that I've followed. And I call it the brand you blueprint, just the seven steps that you need to take in order to launch a profitable personal brand. And when I look back on my journey, guys, and when I look back on just kind of where you know we've all come from, I think one of the good things that we've all figured out is how to do certain things in sequence. And that's what I realize a lot of people struggle with. They struggle with what I call out of sequentialism. What do I do first? There's so many voices out there telling me to start a blog or do an email list or start a pocket. I don't know what to do first. And I outline all that. And it's absolutely free at thepivotcourse.com. Mike, I appreciate your time. Do you have any final thoughts today? Yeah. My final thought would be that if you're tuning into this show, you're in good hands and there's already a desire in you to want to be doing something more, to want to be doing something more fulfilling and better. And I just want to remind you, it's 2016. It's a new year. It's a new season in your life. And all I want to tell you is this, that you matter, that your work matters, your life matters, and the world is a better place when you are at your best And my hope, my goal, and my prayer is that the world would truly see the fullness of who you are, wherever it is that you're at, wherever you're tuning in from, because you are valuable to the world. I honestly feel that the world is a better place when as many people as possible are doing what is fulfilling to them and what is the epitome of their collective skill and experience. Like, you know, the world loses out when great, talented, brilliant people are stuck doing something where they are not allowed to use their greatness or their talent or their skill. And that's really what I'm after. I just want to help people do that.